1: happening uh, today in Israel. Um, It's a travesty. Human lives are being taken like they just didn't matter. And they're civilian lives uh, by the way. Uh, Just before we started church this morning I uh, emailed uh, friends of ours, the Levines from Miami Beach, um, who uh, have an apartment in uh, Israel in a a city called Ashdod. You've been hearing a lot about Ashkelon. Ashkelon is a kind of a city, a twin city with Ashdod. And um, um, they've been traveling throughout Europe, and I wasn't sure, but I had a feeling that eventually, because they have an apartment, that they uh, would wind up back in Israel. So I had emailed them and said, uh, where are you guys? And uh, they responded and said that um, we're under um, rocket attack, uh, spending time uh, in our bomb shelter, in our apartment uh, in uh, Ashdod. We can hear the blasts uh, every several minutes going on uh, back and forth. So this this attack is on the residents of Israel. Keep this in mind. Okay, and keep in mind that Gaza is sovereign Israeli territory. Okay, it's not a a place that stands on its own. Israel erroneously was 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 duped into making a peace deal with the Palestinians a number of years ago, and they uh, gave them. The territory known as uh, Gaza, uh, to in effect be stewards of. Well, it wasn't long uh, before Hamas took over, and Hamas has been uh, controlling uh, Gaza now for you know, 15 years or, or thereabouts. So um, I'm not here this morning to give you a history lesson, but but to um, ask that we pray. Uh, Um, we we have personal friends who are being affected by this attack at this very, very moment. They're brothers and sisters of yours, by the way. Praise the Lord. So, Father, we lift up Israel to you this morning. We lift up the attack against that precious country, the country that you have chosen, Lord, the country that you have prophesied over time and time again, the, the country that will... Receive back Jews from all over the world, even in the days and the months and the years to come. We thank you for Aliyah and the return of the Jews to the land that was promised to them and to their forefathers. We thank you, Father, that a prophecy is being fulfilled even as we speak today. And we thank you, Father, that your hand of protection is upon that country and upon its inhabitants, the Israeli people. And uh, we know, Father, that your promises are real and that your promises are that anyone that lifts their hand against Israel will receive your judgment and your damnation. But even today, Lord, we thank you for our brothers and sisters. We pray for their safety. Uh, for their welfare. Uh, uh, we pray for the IDF, uh, the uh, army, the soldiers, the young men and women that are defending that country, and uh, the first responders, uh, the medical people, etc., etc. And we will continue to pray throughout this week, Father, because we know that Israel is upon your heart. And if Israel is upon your heart, then we choose to make it and uh, upon our hearts as well. Bless your people, bless your people, bless your country, for we ask it in Yeshua's name. Amen and amen. Yes, I have a scripture that I've been reading for a week before
0: this all happened. Good. And I want to share it because, uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to share a scripture. I've been in prayer without realizing <laughs> what was gonna happen. Um For Jerusalem, and it's in Psalms 122, 6 through 9. Whenever there's something going on in my life, I usually ask somebody to stand with me or several people in a scripture because it's the scripture that we need to be speaking. You know, we can have our thoughts and but our feelings sometimes get in there. We need to keep that aside. So having a scripture, and I'm gonna maybe, you know, give it to everyone. And if you wanna stay in prayer and in all agreement, if we don't know what to pray, we can pray this. In Psalms 122, 6 through 9, pray for peace in Jerusalem. May all who have loved this city prosper. O Jerusalem, may there be peace within your walls and prosperity in your palaces. For the sake of my my family and friends, I will say, may you have peace. For the sake of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek what is best for you, O Jerusalem. So that pretty much what I'm gonna be standing on because I don't really, that's not really my arena. So, and I I know that God was preparing me for this moment to share with all of you because I just stayed in it because it's part of my devotional. My devotional is like a teaching devotional of what to pray for. So obviously God wanted our church to have this information. So I'm just gonna ask that everyone stand in prayer of this, okay? Pastor Ted, did you wanna? So so, uh, that would be, yes. Oh, that's Psalms 122, 6 through 9.
2: Hallelujah. Glory to God. Can I give you a little different thought? Okay, the the Lord has me praying for the enemy. Because when we get the enemy saved, they'll stop attacking. Well, we can protect them and do our best for that. But, I mean, let's get people born again. Let's get them saved. Let's have revival hit that area. Let's do that. And maybe they'll quit putting bombs away for a change. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible tells us, you know, love your enemies, pray for them, that persecute you. Israel's being persecuted, and we know who they're being persecuted by. Praise God, maybe one bomb will hit the right spot, and everybody will catch revival, and the power of God will move through there. I I mean, we say God can do everything. Well, he can't do that. Yes, he can. Oh, yes, he can. He can do a lot of good things, praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Are you ready this morning? Let me just prefix it a little bit. Uh, I knew before Chrissy said what she said that she was going to say it this morning. I knew what she was going to talk about, and that was basically because basically I knew her power went out last week, and I knew that was going to come up, and I knew she was going to talk about it. So today what the Lord God wants to do is he wants to... He wants me to flow a little bit in the spirit of God this morning and uh, impart whatever anybody wants imparted to or whatever wants done and praise God. What he wants me to do basically is to help you understand living in the presence of God. Because there's different ideas when you find out about living in the presence of God. I mean, we've all got our different ideas of how we do it and how we don't and what we do and what we don't. But how many know the scripture is probably the most important thing you've got, whether you know it or not, that book in your lap or that phone in your lap? I guess we got to go with that, or your tablet in your lap, or whatever else they got out there that I don't even know about yet. Praise God that's in your lap. You know, all those things are basically there, and uh, it's an important thing when you know the Word of God. So just go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 this morning. All right, right, Second Corinthians chapter 5, look at verse 17. It says, Therefore, if any man or woman be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God, who has, past tense, reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, the first thing you've got to decide when you're going to walk with God is you either are or you are not a new creation. And everybody has to make that decision. You can believe you're trying to become a new creation. You can believe through your own efforts, you're trying to be a new creation, but notice, it says you already are a new creation. Say, "I am, I am. A, new a new creation, created, created. created. In, Christ Jesus. in Christ Jesus. Number two, it tells you that all the old things have passed away. They're not passing away. you know the teachings out there where you're dying to yourself, that's garbage, you're not designing yourself. you can't be dying and dead at the same time. Right? You're either one of you you're either dead or you're dying. Make up your mind. And if you're dying long enough, you'll probably be dead. But you're not dying. The Bible clearly says that you're dead. Your old man is dead, your old man is gone, an old man has taken place. And all the things your old man represented, the guilt, the condemnation, the sickness, the disease, all those things of the old man they have passed away. Now you gotta make up your mind. Did they pass away or they didn't pass away? Am I trying to help them pass away? And I'm making them pass away. Am I the one trying to make this happen when you can't make it happen? It's all by God in the first place. Say all things. Have passed away. away. So this puts us in a a situation. Now, why does God want us? I mean, he did it. Why does he want us to be new creations? Why does he want our old passed away? Why does he want us to be made back in the image and likeness of God? Why is that? Why does he want to do that? So that we be happy, so that we go to heaven, so that we go to church with a smile on our face. So, Why did he do it? What is the main purpose that he did that? Do you know what it is? What is it? All right, go to 1 Colossians or Colossians chapter 1, I'm sorry. I'm going to do my best not to try to get happy through this. So bear with me. Colossians chapter 1, look at verse 20, talking about Jesus, and having made peace through the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him, I say whether they're things in earth or in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now, say now, now "now he has reconciled us in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy. Holy. And unblameable and unreprovable where? Now this is interesting, isn't it? This is this is what I was told I should be trying to do for the rest of my life once I got born again. I want to be holy in his sight, I want to be unblamable, I want to be unimprovable. But notice this took place now. He's already reconciled you. Come on now. He's reconciled you basically, and he did it through death. He didn't do it through your death. He did it through his death. How um, you many know he already died? So notice, he presents to you in his sight your holy unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. Now, this will re- erase a lot of religion if you just believe it. You'll no longer go before him guilty. You'll no longer go before him unworthy. He didn't make us new creations so he could not fellowship with us. He made us new creations so he could... See, but we're told you get saved and you're just a low life and you come to God and you got to crawl to him and all this. That's nothing. God wants a family. He wants relationship with you. And to do that, he made you a new creation. And now, say now, Now. you are holy, you are blameless, you are unreprovable in his sight by his death. Now, the problem is not God's sight. The problem is your sight. How you see yourself, how you see God, how you think God is. Is he a nice guy? Is he a bad guy? Does he like me? Doesn't he? Does he love me? Doesn't he love me? Does he want to help me or does he want to crush me? He can do all things. So, so we've got to understand what he's doing, why he did it, and the main reason why he did it. Here he said it was to make you holy and unblameable and unreprovable. Where? In whose sight? His sight. In his sight. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, why would God do that? Why would God go to all this trouble, make us holy, unblamable, unreprovable in his sight? Why would he do all this stuff? Go to Exodus 25. Exodus 25, are you there? <laughs> right, let's just start in verse 3. And this is the offering which you shall take of them, gold and silver and brass, and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair, and ram skins dye red badger skin, jittim wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing and for sweet incense, onyx stones and stones to be set upon the ephod and the breastplate, and let them make for me a sanctuary that I may what? That I may what? That I may what? Now, who's talking here? God's talking here. Notice, God's telling them how to go to all this trouble in the Old Testament to make him a sanctuary because he wants to dwell with them. My whole life was trying to somehow dwell with him, not understanding that his idea is to dwell with me. So, how many of you want to live in the presence of God? He wants to live in your presence a lot more than you. Come on, on. want to live in His presence. Oh, if I could just do that, if I could just do it. He says, build a sanctuary for God's sakes. Give me an opportunity to come down and dwell with you, to be with you. I want to be with you. I want to be. You go to the garden, notice when Adam sinned, God didn't hide, He didn't run in the bushes. Oh, he's such a sinner. I can't be with him anymore. I'm going to hide in the bushes. No, no. It was man. God didn't change. It was man that hid in the bushes, not God. As a matter of fact, God even came looking for him. You know somebody's looking for you right now? But the problem is, in your mind, you're an enemy, and you're hiding in the bushes. And he wants you to live in his presence every single day. See, it's his desire. When I found out this was his desire, it made it a lot easier to believe it, basically because he gets his desire a lot. Hallelujah. And you come here on Sunday morning sometimes, and if you're really ready to go, and you plug in the worship, and you plug in the praise, and all this stuff, you may have came in normal, and all at once you got happy. Did that ever happen? You may have came in feeling bound, and all at once you felt his presence, and it felt good. And we thought that was one-sided. Or we thought that it only happened from 1030 to eleven. Sunday mornings, have you been in the presence of God? Last Sunday, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. 10, Are you hallelujah, a couple times. No, no, God wants to live in your presence more than you want to live in his presence because it was his idea to begin with. Are you following me? All right, go to, just flip up to Exodus 29. Look at verse 44. It says, And I will sanctify the tabernacle of the congregation, and the altar I will sanctify also both Aaron and his sons to minister to me in the priest's office. And I will dwell among the children of Israel, and I will be their God. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God that brought them forth out of the land of Egypt, that I may dwell among them. And I am the Lord their So here he is again, isn't he? He brought him out of bondage. He brought him out of sin. He brought him out of everything that can bring him out. What was the purpose that he did it for so that he could dwell with them. Why were you made a new creation? Why did old things pass away? Why should you have guilt anymore? Condemnation. All this stuff that you had before that you're carrying around in from religious ideas and the way that you thought and the way that you were taught. Because God wants to dwell among his people and he took you out of bondage so that you could dwell among him. So that you could live in his presence. You could walk in his presence. He brought you out of bondage, out of sin, out of guilt so he could dwell among you. And notice what else it says. That they shall know their God. Say know their God. Let me just say you're never going to walk with him if you don't know him. That's right. You're not going to do it. These preconceived ideas, and you hear it preached God puts sickness on people. Who's ever preaching that isn't walking with God? Because God don't do that, see? So sometimes we get our, our information about who God is from other people. Yeah. Dangerous. Very dangerous. Maybe good. Maybe they know something. Maybe they don't. You've got to get your own from walking with him on a daily basis, and by walking with him, I'm not mean having goosebumps all the time. Are you listening to me? You, you can walk in the presence of something, and their presence not even be with you. Why? Because you know them. You know what they like. You know what they want done. They know what to take place. So you just automatically, when you get in a situation, you do what you know they would do and what they want you to do, even though they're not physically there or even spiritually there, but you're walking one with them because you're in their presence. Are you following me? Let me give you an example. I go and I play basketball on Saturday mornings down at Stewart at Stewart Middle School. And when I go down there sometimes, when I get done playing basketball, all at once on the inside of me, it says, Stop at Kilwins and get your wife a caramel apple. (laughs) (laughs) Notice, she's not basketball with me. She's not in the car with me going. Not in the car coming home. But I'm still in her presence. I know exactly what's going to make her... I don't have to say, oh, dear Lord, please have Becky call me and ask me if she wants a caramel apple in Jesus' name. No, no. I know her because I know her and I know what. Come on now. I know what she wants. And when I start walking with God, I know what he wants yes. and when he wants to do it and how he wants to do it. And sometimes you won't know it ahead of time. You'll just know it. And that's why, oh, yeah, I'm feeling it now. Here it comes. That's why you as people of God and kingdom people need to learn to flow. But you will not flow if you do not know. You will try to flow if you don't know, and you'll screw up. Do you follow me? When you know God, you just flow in what God does because God jumps aboard and all at once even though you don't see him and he's not around Maybe not even goosebumps. You start talking what God would talk. You start doing what God would do. You start saying what God would say. And I'll tell you what, anybody that's called to preach right now, I'm telling you right now, you need to learn to flow. we got enough teachers, preachers. We need some teacher-preacher flowers. Am I right or am I wrong? I mean, I started this ministry under one thing, no more normal Christianity. Right, and, and abnormal Christianity is people who preach in the word of God, flow with God, and minister to people, lay hands on people, the power of God. And notice, it isn't a churchy thing. Right. See, some of you are all going to learn so much that sometimes you're going to pray for somebody and they're going to fall out in the power in your living room, and you're going to be so shocked you won't know what to do next. You'll probably call 911. Are you listening? This isn't a churchy thing. If you're walking with God, it happens, praise God. You may walk up to somebody in Walmart, lay hands on them, they may fall down the power of God, and after you get out of jail, you can explain to everybody. You can say, Don't take me, I'm a flower.
1: I'm a flower.
2: But what we're talking about this morning is you live and know God in the presence of God. What we're talking about is a, a lifestyle. Do you understand? It's a way of living. It's a way of doing things. It's a way of reacting. It's the way of, of following and exactly knowing what God wants to do. Praise God. So, so if somebody's blaming God for sickness or blaming God for tragedies or whatever, they do not know God yet. And the only way you're going to really know God is to read the word of God and, not do, and do the word of God. Reading it's not enough. It never gets real until you actually do it. And you may have to jump over that hurdle of fear in order to do it. Right? You've got to get over that fur. You've got to know. You've got to understand that you are an anointed person of God. That God lives on the inside of you. That you walk in the presence of God. He took you out of bondage. He took you out of all these things. Why? So that you could walk and live in the presence of God. Many times your thoughts will just become his thoughts. Yeah. And then your ways will become his ways. Without taking 25 minutes to pray about it. Now what am I in? I'm in constant communication with God all day long. I don't have to take a half hour out here. I do. I don't have to take 15 minutes out there, but I do. But I don't have to because I'm walking with God all day long. Praise God. Every place I go in. And, and God, you just know you should do this. Ever, was there ever something that came up and you knew you should have did it? And then you didn't did it? And then you felt like you should have did it? And then you didn't feel so good after you didn't do it? Okay, just me. Yeah, what did you do? That God mindset got in you, that mind of Christ got in you and tried to, to lead you and guide you for a change, and you blocked it because you didn't want to do that. Somebody might not like what you were going to do. Somebody might have been upset with what you were going to do. Somebody, bit And I'll tell you, you're, if you're flowing with God, everybody's going to get upset with you sometime. It's a law. <laughs> Flow, people get mad. But the ones that get mad are ones who never got close enough to God to understand about his flow, so that's why we flow to knock that out of your so you no longer be enemies in your mind through wicked works, praise God. So what's he talking about here? He's talking about getting to know him. Say know him. Uh-huh. How many know God is not a topic? And God is not who Grandma said he was? And God who's not the, who TV says he is? God is who he says he is. And if you're going to find out who God is, you've got to find out what God did, praise God. Paul said in, in what was it, Philippians, I want to Know him, intimately be acquainted with him, and then I will know the power of his resurrection. But notice, he had to know him first, didn't he? He couldn't guess. He couldn't guess what God's will was, what God wanted to do, what God didn't want to do. And he just walked with God. He just talked with God, and and it's that voice on the inside of you instructing you and telling you because you're walking with him on a daily basis, and it's there, and situations you run into, and and things that you do, and and the way that you handle things flow, and ministers in this day and age are being raised up. I'm telling you right now, we both know, and everybody knows you're called to preach. There's no question about it. I mean, there's no question. I haven't said it publicly, but I've said it to you. I've said it to my wife. I've said everything else. It's good to know how to preach and study the word, but you've got to come into a place where you flow along with the word. Because we've got a million teachers out there and they teach and that's fine and you learn something. But until it gets in you, you know, the word of God's supposed to abide in you. It's just not supposed to hit you in your mind and straighten you out for all. It's supposed to get like in your blood and in your bones and your everything else, praise God, to a point to where it's in there. And, and you wonder why you can walk free from sickness and disease. Is because on the inside of you there's a spirit of God with the anointing of God in every, every liver and every heart and every part in you. And it's driving sickness and disease out because the, you know, the anointing breaks the yoke. As long as you're living in that anointing and walking in that anointing, it'll come on out on the inside of you. Don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that he's more powerful than you are. Don't let him lie to you and tell you that God might want this to teach you something. Heard that on the way in this morning. God's put me through everything to teach me. Just read the word and learn something. Learn to walk with God. Find out what God's will is. I hate for people to, to, that don't even know me to tell me what they think I believe to other people. How do you know what I believe, for God's sakes? Oh, I know what he's thinking. No, you don't. You don't have any idea what I'm thinking, praise. Half the time I don't till I think it. <laughs> Come on, so how you, what you figured me out three days ago and I didn't even know I was going to say till now? Boy, you're really good. We need to put you up front for a while and start reading people's minds, praise God. No, no, when you walk with God, you're not thinking ahead even. He told you whenever you get in trouble, don't even think about what you're going to say because when the time comes, you'll have the right thing to say, praise. And I mean, that's hard for us, ain't it? We want it wrote down. We want it printed out. We want it stapled to the door. We want to, no, no. When you flow, God just leads you and guides you in things, but you've got to walk with God in order to flow with God. Praise God. Uh, Ben and Natasha, they flow. Why do they flow? They're under somebody that flows. They could have went to a church where the guy just preached, and there's nothing wrong with preaching. How many know that? I've got to stop the letters. I'm not talking against preaching. I'm saying there's something yet beyond preaching and teaching that ministers also in the Spirit of God. Praise God. Teaching's wonderful. Preaching's wonderful. But if we want to go to the next level and minister to people, then we've got to be able to flow. And you're not going to flow in a church that doesn't. Because the Bible always goes on, the anointing goes on the head and trickles down to the people. So if the pastor you're under doesn't believe in healing, you will never probably believe in healing. If he doesn't believe in the anointing, you will probably never believe in the... Are you following me? It's got to be dumped on the head first and it runs down. That's the way the anointing of God works. So you're in a church where the Spirit of God... And I'm not patting myself on the back. I just decided to believe the Word. I thought we were supposed to do that. I don't know. Maybe I'm advanced or something. Advanced teaching. Believe the Word. Thank you. There, Lord. Yeah. People say, you believe the word just like it's written? Yeah. What am I supposed to do, rewrite it? Yeah. And that, that's why my book's so good. Nobody can criticize it. It's all word. It's all word. <laughs> Unless you, you condemn me for putting a thee, a when, or a thou in there, I'm in good shape, praise God. Yeah, I'm protected already, praise God. You can't even argue with me. You've got to argue with the Lord. It is the same way in our lives. But, but don't think that you, you see a minister up there, laying hands on people and them being touched. That's wonderful, but the same power of God. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you today. Does he live in the preacher? Yes. Does he live in all preachers? Yes. Do all flow in the spirit? No. But is he in there? Yes. Why don't he? Because they do not know. See? They don't know that God, that's what he wants to do. They don't know he wants to dwell with people. They don't know anyone to, he wants to touch people. He doesn't want to know that he wants to become real to you. See, he wants to become real to you. And it's hard because we can't see him, can we? So it's make it difficult. But you spend enough time with him, just like your spouse. You're going to know what they want, what they don't want, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Should I, should I not? It, it's just the way when you grow up together and you become one like we became one with him. So we want to walk in that stuff, praise God. So for many years in my life, w- when I got born again, and I got out of the dominational church, and I basically, I ran all over to get in the presence of God because I like the presence of God. You know, this is heaven on earth, ooh, ooh, ooh. living in the presence of God. Yeah, it was good. But then then I'd come home, seeing, and I'd, I didn't know that I could sustain that. I didn't know I could live that way. I thought that was only in the building over here for three days or the building over there. And that minister had it. And nobody else did. And I was trying to get a little dab of it if I could possibly do it, if it could possibly happen in my life. I didn't understand. So what did I do? Whenever you don't know what to do and you don't follow the Bible, you go into works. You know what I'm going to do next time? I'm At church, I'm going to jump up and down and praise. There it is. No, that ain't it. Here it go. Oh, I thought it. Or I'm going to kneel down, or I'm going to stand up. Now, all these things aren't bad if you do them for the right reason. If you're doing them to get in the presence of God, it's wrong. If you're doing them because you are the presence of God, it makes a difference. See, some of you all come to church to get in the presence of God. Please get in the presence of God, then come to church. Oh, please. How I many know that makes it easier? I don't have to drag fifty people in the presence in order for everybody to get in the presence. Come on now! See, it's available outside of church. Here, people say, "Well, I'm going to pray to get in the presence of God. Why not get in and then pray?" See, we got backwards thinking here. So what did I do? I did everything I could to get in the presence of God. I did everything to impress him. I read, I did. And here's the problem. I went to church every day. I jumped up and down all the time. I screamed and shouted everything. I danced. I did everything I could. And then when I'd miss a week, I fell guilty. Because I wasn't doing what I was doing. And I was probably right on the brink of finally getting in. And if I'd have just went last Wednesday, I'd have probably broke through. Now I've got to start over again because I'm guilty and condemned. And I've got to fight my way back into the presence of God now by doing extra. I mean, you've got to do extra. There's a penalty, praise God. Hallelujah. And what was I doing? I was wearing myself out religiously. And nobody would tell me. I'd go to somebody and say, hey, I'm in mean, the presence of God now. And, and what happens here? And, well, you never know. You never know what God will do. Sometimes he's around, and sometimes he's not, and sometimes he shows up, and sometimes he just don't feel like showing up that day. So he's just. See, seeing all these stupid answers from people. i tell you, if somebody asks you a question and you don't know the answer, try, I don't know. Don't be stupid. Make something up no, I don't know. How about, I don't know. I don't know. And then I started reading the Bible and the Bible at once said, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. I said, wow, I wish that would happen. I wish that would take place. My God says you're a temple of the living God. Oh, I want to be a temple. I want to be a temple. Not understanding that what I was reading was fact. See, we call them promises and it's hard for us because we believe all the promises are in front of us. But then the Bible comes along and says all the promises of God are yes, and they are. So He took them right out of in front of us, and He put them into the now. But we're still looking for them in the. Ever hear the promises? Promises. What does that mean? That means they're always making promises and they're not keeping them. Well, it's not that way with God. Matter of fact, God's already kept them. They belong to us. So after a while, I figured out and from reading the scriptures that I didn't have to do all things to get in the presence of God because I could just walk in the presence of God. So I get up every morning and I say, well, praise God. Good morning, Lord. What are we going to do today? Hallelujah. I know you're with me. If you're with me, if I need power, I certainly got it. If I need wisdom, I certainly got it. If I need peace, it's already on the inside of me. Praise God, you're already here. And we're just going to walk hand in hand today. And today we're going to do your will. For a while, it was we're going to do my will. <laughs> Let me straighten you out, God. It's what we're doing today. No, we're going to do His will. And whatever he wants to do that day so we just walk we walk if some situation comes up it makes me go right back to him to begin with to see what he wants to do in that situation see what, he, what i do i'm living in the presence of god i'm not living in a bubble with 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 elephant bumps all over me and i can barely walk and i put on a white dress and i'm floating through the air when we have praise and worship and that stuff it's not that stuff it's just ordinary now, notice weird even people who are weird know when people are weird You see, it's not just regular people. Weird people knowing weird people are being weird. So you're not going to attract anybody by being weird or telling people how you did all this stuff. You've just got to claim. That's why the song we said, Thank You, the last song we sing today, is a good song. Because all you can do is thank Him. I'm holy before the Lord. Well, how did you get that way? I just thanked him for what he did. Prayed. You're blaming it. Oh, yeah, I just thank him. Praise God. I walk in the presence of God. Well, I just thank him. Glory to God, because that's what he did. So I stopped trying to do things to get him. And here's the thing. Most people have trouble living in the presence of God because they're trying to live in the presence of God. You know what's keeping them from the presence of God? Trying to live in the presence of God. And man, when the power of God was moving and I got under some ministers, I'll tell you what, I knew about the power of God. How many know Benny Hinn knows about the power of God? Rodney Hart brown knows about the power of God. R- Christian Harfus knows about the power of God. I mean, they live in the power of God. They walk in the power of God. And when you see people operating in the power of God, it gives you an appetite to walk in the power of God. I just didn't want to go up like everybody else and get a touch. I wanted to walk in it and live in it. Do you understand? I wanted to touch somebody else with the touch of God, but, but they were up there and I was down here. And, and no, no, no. They were holy and unblameable, and so was I, even though I thought I was down here. How many know the blood didn't clean them and leave a little bit of dirt on me someplace. The blood was either enough to bring me into his presence or not. So the more I understood about how I could live in his presence, the more I could operate in the presence of his power and the power of his presence, basically, by understanding, by knowing the word of God. But the thing that helped me more than anything was I realized he wanted it more than I did. Can't believe that. He wants to live in my presence. I love it. You know, It's like when you go see your grandchildren. They want to live in your presence. They come running right up, and they give you a big hug, and they haven't seen you in a while, and they're thinking, geez, oh. You Why know? well, is that? It's just, just because the way it is, praise God. And with God, God wants to live in your presence. He wants to be part of your life. He wants you to be one with him. And of course, that's done through who? The Spirit of God who's on the inside of us. So you don't have to do things to get in the presence of God. You just have to Get in the presence of God. The Bible says, "Well, it says you enter His courts with." So I got to thank Him to get in. No, it tells you how to enter, even though entrance is free. See, if your work's minded, you'll think, "Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you." Am I in His presence yet? Thank you. Knock, knock, knock. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Knock, knock, knock. One lock open. Thank, 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 thank. No, you just walk in, but you walk in with thanksgiving. Praise God. You walk in with praise. Praise God. You don't do these things to get something He already bought. He just tells you how to come in the presence of God. Praise God. So how do I come in? Thank you. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you for the power I've got today that you put on the inside of me. Thank you for the joy of the Lord no matter what situation. Thank you for the Saturday I was, uh, came back from, from playing ball, and Vinny had given me a free car wash before he left. So I said, well, I don't usually do car washes. I wash my own, but I'll do it. So I went down to the car wash, and I went through the car wash, came out on the other side. When I came out, my front top fender was bent straight up. I said, I hope that's one of those bands that got stuck in my whatchamajiggy, but I got out there, it wasn't, it was my car. So of course I went up and I said, hey, I got a problem here. He said, what is it? I said, my car got damaged. I went through here and my car's messed up. He went out and said, oh, I never saw anything like that before. I said, well, believe me, I never saw anything. <laughs> uh, that don't usually happen. Well, I wouldn't come in here expecting it, you know. <laughs> Saying, let me, let me get a car wash, so my brand new car's got a big lift coming up up the front. I sure want that anyway. And he just says, well, you know, the manager's not here, and I'll just take your name. I said, okay, and take your phone number, okay, and we'll give you a call probably my Monday. I said, okay. And he said, you're being awfully calm about this. I said, well, it's God's car. You're messing around with his car, brother. You better, if I were you, I'd fix it. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'd fix it. I'd fix it good, praise God, if I want to do that. Glory to God. Come on, belongs to him, right? Praise God. Is it sticking up? Yeah. And, and so like everybody, Brandy walked out of the house and say, what happened to your car? I mean, it's not on the side where you've got to be there. It's just sticking straight up. Sorry. What is that? got a Car's got an ear or something on it, praise God. So I said, yeah, I just kept thinking. And, you know, the father's there. No sense screaming at him, you know, choking him. I'll own this car wash in two days. Let me get my lawyer. Because that's what he expected when he came out. And believe you, it did wave through my mind just for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but then you think, what good's that going to do? I'm going to get all bent out of shape. I'm going to be nervous all day, mad all day. No, they'll call me on Monday, and they'll fix the thing, and that'll be it. And the chances of me going back to that car wash aren't real good, you know. But then again, you, you know what he was thinking? Most, most people would throw a fit, holler, start writing reviews immediately, they destroyed my car. This place is terrible. This is, But they didn't even know. I don't even know how to write a review, so they were in good shape. Amen. But what was it? You're, you're walking and living in the presence of God. Things that look like they're major and they do seem like they're major is mostly things you can't do nothing about or basically there's no sense getting upset about them anyway. And you cannot walk in God's presence and freak out. If you freak out, you separate yourself. God doesn't play freak out with you. See, it doesn't work that way. All right, just one more. Go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10. There's going to be a group of men and women who get this revelation and start walking in a different realm. That this earth has not seen ever before and the supernatural is going to look so natural that people are going to freak out that it's natural and they're going to see things Sense knowledge christians are going to freak out because they got to see something in the senses in order to do it and it's not going to work praise god and they're going to be all upset and everything but this group of people is going to be different they're going to be doing the same things that jesus down here walking they're not going to you know wear a special robe or a special collar or any of that stuff they're just going to be flowing in the power of god on a continued basis (laughs) I can see it. Where is it? Yeah, I can see it. All right, Hebrews chapter 10. Chapter 10. (laughs) Look at verse 16. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will now put my laws into their hearts, and into their minds will I write them. How many know his laws are what God's thinking, God's ways, what God does? They're no longer going to be written down in a book. They're going to be in your mind, and they're going to be in your heart because you know God. And notice verse 17. And their sins and iniquities I will hold against them the rest of their life. I remember them no more, praise God. He's not thinking about them. Why are you always thinking about them? Verse 18, now where remission of these sins are, there is no more offering for sin. Even though you're trying to make an offering for them, it's not going to help. Verse 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. Verse 22, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil evil conscience. Say evil conscience. See, most of us have an evil. We have a sin. We have an unworthy. And all those things are keeping us from God's desire, which is to live with us and walk with us on a daily basis. He's got children, and believe it or not, you are his child you were born in the kingdom of God. He just wants a relationship like we want a relationship with our own sons and daughters, for gosh sakes. We don't put them down, tell them they're terrible, tell them they're worthless, tell them they can't do anything. We don't do that, praise God. They're on the same level as us. How many know they're in your family? They're just like you. They're in your image and likeness. How many know they've got some, uh, praise God, everything you own belongs to them sooner or later. And it's the same way with God. But God's trying to bring God's trying to bring us into that place. Notice, there's joy in his presence. And there's no joy in the church because you're too busy worrying about how bad you are, praise God, and how worthless you are, <laughs> how you can't do anything, dear God. Come on now. Let's believe the word. Let's do what the word tells us to do, praise God. We're free from that stuff, glory to God. If somebody, you're sitting under somebody teaching sin, find somebody else who teaches righteousness and teaches a new creation and tells you you're holy and you're blameless. Praise God but we all want to do it ourselves. We all want to be so bad in sin that we've got to do something to get and acquire this stuff and it's not gonna be inquired. Hallelujah. Praise God. It already belongs. Stand up. Just lift your hands. Thanks God. Thank God for his presence. Do it. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him for God's sake. Thank him. 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 Thank him.